Yeah, I mean, Jason Seahorn was the last guy who started at corner, though. Like, you've had strong safeties. Can you can you imagine if like prime Jason Seahorn tried to cover like a Tyreek Hill? <laughs> yeah, no, I could I could not. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. I love to get it popping in the inbox. And you can also download the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pod Center. Actually, I don't know if people download shows anymore. That's where you can access the show. More than likely. That's disappointing. And, and, they unless should you're, download shows. Unless you're a downloader and you got a flight or something. Um, we'll wrap yeah. a podcast on Instagram as well. The DMs are open. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am on Twitter slash X at Laguan the Dawn. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida, where we had a, a little bit of an overcast weekend. Some rain yesterday. Um, did manage to get uh, my scramble in. So shout out to the Jensen Beach High School girls lacrosse team. Uh, they're going to be well taken care of this year. Uh, some new new cleats, hopefully new unis, um, sticks and, and whatnot. So I uh, hope it goes well spoons. for them. <laughs> some new <laughs> morning spoons. Yes, for sure. Oh, man, that's a classic. What a classic yeah. internet throw. You like that big. We're yeah. old. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely day here today. Um, took the boy out for a walk and... You know, the days just, they all tumble together. I think we're getting healthier over here in the White House, too, I must say, which is good news. Yeah, who else is here? I'm happy to hear that for you guys. Thanks. Uh, my name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where it is cold. We are coming off of a disappointing winter weather event. Uh, the forecasts had teased us with upwards of seven inches of snow uh, we got about a quarter to a half inch of ice and it was gone by lunch today so mm. uh, still cold though <laughs> um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan would like to extend a warm welcome back to the nba to one draymond green his indef- <laughs> his indefinite suspension has been defined it is done okay so, well 12 was the hope, suspension hope. Hope he uh, remains on better behavior and continues to thrill crowds everywhere. And, you know, I think all evidence points to the fact that he's probably cleaned up his act. I don't, I, I can't imagine he does the 12th or 13th disciplinary thing in the last people, five years. People so. were definitely going to uh, those games to see him play too. There's no one, no one you want to see like undersized power forward that grabs boards and is a defensive stopper is, is a real crowd pleaser. You so. know, in the mid, like when they go play the Pacers, there's some <laughs> high school coaches who are like, guys, you, we're going to watch Draymond. Taking their, taking their I team. got the solo yeah. cam. I got the yeah, solo no. cam on Draymond. We're going to watch him and we're going to break his film down. <clears throat> if you want to watch Motor, <laughs> number 23 is your guy. Oh, sorry, I didn't realize we were done. Uh, my name is Jason Pick. Uh, I've been talking this whole time. Uh, I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I so I drove home from dinner tonight, and it, there were some flurries uh, in the friendly oh, state. Now it shows up. Romantic. And I was going to say, it was it was more snow than I had seen in the last It was the frozen fog. Hours. We must have been driving through the frozen fog. 
but yeah, just a just a huge just a huge dummy of a of a winter storm this weekend. Um, I I'm concerning myself because I'm turning into a curmudgeon with a like every winter storm warning now. I uh, am often like, nah, it's not going to be that much. Like I'll just yeah, they're, they're okay. and so I, it makes me feel 75 years old and no less correct. That's the important part. Absolutely. And I right. just I just take shots at every potential winter storm. And it it's funny, Jason, anything. that you said this because yesterday I was vacuuming in the house, earpods, AirPods in, um, and all of a sudden I got like a, a alert on my phone for a tornado warning in the area. Um, and it was like, take shelter immediately, yada, yada. So Emily and I like, you know, made eye contact and we're like, doubt it and then so we walked into the we 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 walked into the uh living room and turned on the tv and the the weather guys are back all right the weather guys had a slow storm summer and these guys are like pent up and yeah. i mean we are breaking down this like little squall line or whatever it is that's coming across indian town into st lucie county um to the utmost degree and like the guy was trying to sell it so hard he's like oh, you know i just I'm gonna be honest. I don't really see it, but the National Weather Service has issued a has issued a tornado warning, and I just like I, I can't see. I don't know that I see it. And and then like ten minutes later, they canceled it, and we didn't have to like do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff. And yeah, we we watched. We at least like did our due diligence to make sure because yeah. you know you read the warnings and it's like gonna be here in thirty minutes. Not like it says take shelter. It's like well, I mean, I guess that applies if you're like out in a field, just like just laying there. You should probably take shelter, but. Um, there was a tornado to to their credit. There was a to pretty gnarly tornado in Fort Lauderdale yesterday. So mm. dramatic footage, Jordan, guys... like whipping through like a cove with a bunch of sailboats in it, and just decimating sailboats. Oh, wild, rough. I didn't know you guys got them down there. So, I mean, I think we just get like like severe thunderstorms, and if you're going to get yeah. severe thunderstorms, you're going to get like some. Uh, yeah. You know, get enough wind out west, kind of blowing out. You'll 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 develop some. Uh, Vorticity. Don't get that. I'm saying. Yeah, some breakouts. Correct. Um, you guys drink anything delicious and, and wonderful this evening? Oh, I've got a big water and a glass of red wine tonight. Oh. Uh, in the spirit of uh, YouTube videos that we watched in college, I have a George Killian's Irish Red. Wow. Oh, man. Wow, this man. Was, this was, uh, we'll say, early college, Jason Frick. When you were like, when you were thinking that you were a beer guy, mm -hmm. yes, we all did that. We did it with Yingling yeah. too. I'm pretty sure. The, yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, a Boddington's, Jeez. a nice Boddington's pub ale. I loved a good Newcastle, man. Newcastle was not bad. We had, I mean, we had a friend that uh, <laughs> would come back down from Canada speaking uh, praises about Labatt Blue. So, Labatt um, yeah. Blue is not bad. Yeah, I didn't. It's I, not great. These were these are bad. these are craft beers when you can't go to a bar and drink craft beer. Correct. Um, I am kind of abstaining from alcohol for January. TBD on the the, the balance of the month, but you know Ooh. we'll see. Um, you know we take it a day at a time. So uh, I am on the the lime spindrift. Jordan, they got me at Costco with the big cube of Spindrift for like $16 for 30 of them. I mean, it's just too good of a deal. It's an insane deal. Even though the other, the other bubblies are a better deal, this been, knowing what you pay for Spindrifts at like rack rate is, it's very compelling not to buy the Spindrift. 
Yeah, you always got to take a walk through the water section just to see what is marked off like $5 a case. Right. And it's like, whoa. I mean, <laughs> They're practically paying me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me load up on four cases of Sam Pelly's while, while yeah, I'm here. Exactly. I got a, I got a full uh, flatbed of Topo Chico. <clears throat> I, just, I appreciate that we have this topic that you guys are like uh, experts to the point of being hustlers on. And I just, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Just none. Lightly flavored a, essenced waters. You're not an essence water guy. I have zero knowledge on everything. I it just if anybody ever talked to me about it, I would just uh, repeat words that I've heard you guys say a lot, and I would have no idea what they mean. San Pellies. Oh yeah, I'm, I got a buddy that's big into the San Pellies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that, yeah. The, oh, the, yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah, definitely the line. Guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I saw White Claw is introducing a zero percent ABV beverage which wow is basically a sparkling water it's but just, it's going to yeah. be more expensive sure so hmm. can't wait to see who you know I, I feel like i ha may have had a white claw or a truly or something like that and they're not good yeah they had a moment i don't really think that moment is still here i think it the moment fleeting. is i think the moment is past i agree i mean I, I will now listen i will still drink a high noon yeah, you will. I want to be clear. Not in February, <laughs> yeah, when, in February, <laughs> when the high noons break out, the high noons in February. February is going to be a bad month to be a high noon. <laughs> that's that's for sure. No, that's my uh, that's my uh, golf drink of of choice. You get the big, mm -hmm. the giant high noon with the resealable top thing on it. So you get the twenty four ouncer and a cup of ice, and you just nurse that bad boy, and you just got like a nice even keel, sort of a pineapple buzz going. Perfect. Delightful. It gets the mitts nice and soft. Helps. Yeah, I believe that. Get me creative around the greens. That's the, that's the, the mitts. The mitts. The mitts were not very soft yesterday. I'm going to be honest. Things were. Yeah. What uh, What did you guys turn in? Yeah. In this scramble. I think we turned in a five under sixty-seven. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. we made some pretty good use of some of our of our purchased mulligans. There was not an exorbitant number, but we did use them like to make a couple putts, which was nice. Um, you know, we were we were fighting some things. Approach play was not awesome as a scramble play. Yeah, a, a, a approach play was not awesome, and that was kind of. I know I have talked about this and bemoaned my my approach play being like so so, but when you're you know we we had numerous times where we were like 100 yards on the number, all sitting here staring like dead nuts go zone and just. Not a single ball on the green. It's like, oof, that's not great, you know. Or like, you have one ball that catches the edge, and you get the like forty foot double breaker for birdie. You're like, yeah. you know, I would have liked this. We did make one of those too, which was nice. So yeah, it's always a fun but moment. The thing that I have found that I fall into in a scramble, and I'm sure others fall yeah. into this as well, but is it's like the approach play sh should and likely needs to be better. But everybody's thinking like, oh, we get four cracks at it, right? I'm gonna stuff it to two feet <laughs> when there's no point in stuffing it to two feet right because we're not good enough to do that and we get four cracks at the putt too so a 15 footer is fine <clears throat> right no that's a great that's a great point because i think people do apply decent logic to the tee box where it's like yeah. okay we're gonna let you know steve-o go first and smack just put one quote unquote just put one out there so then like you know two other guys can come and swing out of their shoes and like flail giant slices like way right. Right. So, or just tattoo one and occasionally it happens, but um, you probably need to apply that same logic to the, uh, to the 120 yard pitching wedge, but you know, 
We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep working on it. It was a little breezy. Jensen Beach Country Club, not my favorite place to play. Uh, Fair. It's a. It's it's a it's a Fazio. Oh, it's it is Tom it Tom? is Tom. It is very it's okay. very similar to the Champions Club. Mm. Okay. So yeah. it's like it's a, it's a fine layout, interesting enough. It yeah. will it eats a lot of golf balls. That doesn't yeah that doesn't seem like a super scorable scramble routing. <laughs> Yeah, there's some there's some skinny some skinny little spots and some like yeah. interesting runoffs into wetlands and things. But hey, you know this is this is Florida. This is what we got. We 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 do, we do this Fair point. for sure. So anyhow, admittedly, um, Jordan Jordan and I play uh, a occasional monthly scramble on the least scornable golf course that any of us have played. Axe saddle. <laughs> oh man, I would love to see that saying- again. That is by far the most fun way to play back saddle because when you yeah. launch a ball into Kingdom Come, you can just yeah, that's fine. We'll just play some houses. It's fine. Logan, maybe one of your golf goals for our next episode can be to fly up to Harrisonburg specifically for yes. a pack saddle scramble. Harrisonburg yes. golf we'll trip with pack saddle. Yeah, that would be great. Play all twenty-seven at Lakeview. Swing through yeah, Heritage. Get it in there, yeah. Get some blisties. <laughs> for sure. I've still never played Spotswood. Oh, Jordan, a treat! Well, a, a rare treat. They do Jordan another discount this year. card next year. <laughs> Say what? I said if they do another discount card next yeah. year, you can that. maybe buy one and <laughs> fly up again just to play Spotswood. There we go. Love, love the the, the sound of this. So, yeah. um, okay, you guys got uh, happy New Year to you guys. I, 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 you know, good to see you all here on the podcast. Uh, is there anything else? Anything else you want to touch on? Do you guys want to talk some college football? Um. I just in terms of week 18 NFL observations, mm. um, CJ Stroud, still that dude, man. He's he spinning is, it. His, he, like, he threw some lasers off the back foot last night that were very prime Aaron Rodgers esque in terms of just ball flight and velocity. Um, and he just makes dang good decisions. It's crazy. I feel like he is what like you really think Trevor Lawrence should be, as far yeah. as like big, pretty athletic, like can spin it, looks the part. Hose. But like Trevor, there's just something missing with Trevor Lawrence. I can't put my finger on it, but there is something missing. I'm I'm tracking this. Fifth year option yeah. next year. Big year for big year for Trevor Lawrence next year. Big year for big year in Duval just altogether. And uh, my second week 18 observation was that Carson Wentz had 16 rushing attempts today. And I would love to be a time traveler and go back and sprinkle on some alternate lines on, on that player Wentz, prop. 15 and a half rushing attempts over. When I teased it up. <laughs> 15. Yikes. I'm sad yeah, a few parlays. 15 plus. Interesting. That would have smacked. Well, I know you. Thank you, Jordan, for giving us your your that that insight we do yeah, like as, as the nfl owns <laughs> right absolutely very good um all right let's talk about some of these new year six games i don't know if there we can maybe talk about how we feel about the product various teams put on the field and how legitimate we think certain teams uh, happiness should be yes. based on their that's based what, on their wins that's what people want to hear so yes we yeah absolutely as jordan takes a, a nice a swill off his red wine he's ready to go all right the cotton bowl missouri was at was at was versus ohio state um they were taking on ohio state ohio state third string quarterback situation 
in this one? Well, they were starting to back up, and then he got hurt again. Yes, he got hurt again. As we were recording. If you That is correct, yeah. Ankle again, I believe. So, you know, I could kind of see where this was going. This was like 7-3, to three and it did not appear that either team was entirely interested in scoring. And then I saw there was like an ESPN highlight that came across my Instagram that was like, Luther Burden is that guy, and like Missouri is rolling. And I saw it was the score to go from seven to three to fourteen to three to like make them be rolling. And I was like, oh man, not a good game. Um, Ohio State just couldn't. Ohio State couldn't move the ball. It's quarterback, quarterback nightmare. Yeah. To, to be fair, it was it was three nothing after three quarters. Right. Um, yeah. and then Missouri really scored on back to back drives. So, I guess you have to qualify that as rolling. But uh, <laughs> yikes. Sure. Yeah. Um, how many uh, how many yards passing do you think Ohio State's quarterback had? The guy who finished the game. Oh, uh, did they go? They do. Oh, he got seventy-four. Yeah, I mean, how many total yards passing they have? Like, yeah. Uh, he had eighty-six of their one hundred and six passing yards. Wow. Collectively, Ohio like, State quarterbacks went ten of twenty-four. Yeah, not great. We had a uh, teasing that Maserati Marv was going to play up until game time, and even though he had like kind of not been practicing, and you know, I don't know. He he, we we got some like some of the classic clips. Like he didn't want it to be yeah. a distraction, so he didn't announce until right before the game. It's like, well, yeah. is that was the thing we talked about for a week? So yeah, I'd... correct. Did okay, not see my guys was noticed though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a ton else to really talk about here. I mean, I think Missouri should be thrilled with their season and how things are. Oh, went. yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I'm, like, very intrigued to see if they can keep it together. Missouri's kind of recruiting better than I think you would think Missouri would recruit. Um, they, I think, are one of those states that has, like, strange NIL rules. So I think they're doing a really good job of keeping Missouri kids in Missouri. Um is it when you say strange is that not just to missouri yes or? i shouldn't say strange they have like the school can be way more involved in nil than in some other states like i think nebraska not nebraska arkansas missouri um there's tennessee i think those states have like uh, the school can negotiate nil deals on behalf of the students and like it doesn't have to go through like a florida victorious or the you know the georgia the georgia gentlemen or you know whatever the teams <laughs> whatever that they are at the various schools right now but um yeah the collective stuff i don't think is quite as big of a deal there so um but yeah i i think i, I want to so okay let me throw this out do we think this is the peak is like is this missouri ceiling or could they make the playoff in the new team in the new twelve team format? I mean, I think I think they could make the playoff in that they could be eleventh or twelfth again. But I think I also do think this is kind of the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I, I have a hard time envisioning Missouri as a consistent top eight team, right? But for sure, they can like pop into the top eight <laughs> once every two or three years and be a, a regular in the playoff. I think that is very doable, but I think yeah. someone's going to come. I don't know that that's that doable soon. in the new, in the new SEC landscape though. I mean, that, that's kind of practically speaking. When, how many teams is the new SEC going to get in three? Well, I'm sure that's going to come. So up. 
I'm sure people will grumble about it, but like, like I mean, there's this, seven was, large bids in the new. But if we just went through it this year, then Missouri. They would have made it this year. Wouldn't they? Miss, they were the ninth. Were they the nine? Ole Miss and Missouri would have made it, right? And yeah. Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. So that's four. So and Texas. Yeah. So there's there's seven there's seven at large spots because they're changing from six conference champs and six at larges to five conference champs and seven at larges because the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. what are the six? So what are the so six? It's now? just it's it's, well, it's now it's five, but it's it's Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and then that's oh, the, that's the whole thing. Is the group of five, five has five, a consistent right. entrance, their own conference, Got right? It. Well, it's it's just it's the five strongest conferences. So it's whichever conference is better, top to bottom, gets that bid. I think Missouri benefits from Tennessee and Florida not being awesome, sure. like more yeah. than any team. And that's obvious to say. I mean, I think Missouri. The same thing happened when Missouri joined the SEC and won the East like twice in a row under Gary Pinkle because Georgia and Florida yeah. just like weren't great um, for that like little bit of span there. So I do think this is the best. Missouri will see. Um, I just am curious if they could like maintain this level. I think they need to have good quarterback play and they need to keep recruiting well, but I mean, they seem to recruit like they always have good receivers. They kind of do a pretty good job piecing it together. I just, they kind of, to me, seem like one of those teams like we talked about maybe like Michigan state type standing in the big 10 that is like, probably slotted to come down a couple slots based on additions to the conference <laughs> and um you know that doesn't mean that they couldn't be they can't be good but you know it's gonna be a tougher climb it's gonna be a tougher climb and like i mean i i think all things being equal like oklahoma is still probably like typically gonna be better than them maybe not this year but oklahoma, yeah, oklahoma, oklahoma recruits uh, oklahoma recruits much better than them typically <clears throat> so we will. Yeah, that's fair. So, anyhow, and then Ohio State. I don't really think there's anything to say here. They had one game season and they failed it. So I mean, that sucks. But I don't think this is refer- referendum on Ryan Day. I don't really think much of anything uh, about Ohio State right now. They need to get their quarterback situation does, figured out. Here's the question. I think more interesting than the Missouri question is: Does Ohio State have a problem in the new Big Ten? No, I, I don't think they do. Assuming they can figure the quarterback spot out. Oh, like a, they landed Will Howard, the uh, transfer from Kansas State. That's yep. a big get. Yeah, sure. Um, but I do, I, like, I think it's more concerning that after C.J. Stroud, who, again, I love the guy, but, like, you didn't have a better transition in place. Mm-hmm. Um and now you're going to the portal for Will Howard, who has one, maybe two. I don't know about two, but so you're going to be doing this again. Mm-hmm. Um, and every like every program has to figure this out. But um, yeah, they certainly have, have the resources mismanaged that. and like the brand name that Ohio State does. Uh, it's a little concerning if you're a Buckeye supporter that the transition was not cleaner. For QB one, I think that's. True. I, I do agree that I, I don't think they have a significant problem. I, I think. I mean, there's two I, teams in the country that have better roster talent, roster scores than them. Typically, it's Georgia right. and Alabama, right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, that's very true. I I also 
I don't think any of the teams coming in are at the level of Ohio State and Michigan. I do think that the conference gets much deeper, especially at that yes. like second tier. Um, and I think, I think there I are think Oregon there are could. little cracks. There yeah. are cracks starting to show. Yes, and so that's probably true. Oregon is probably your most likely consistent climber that can be there because they're probably a top ten talent level team typically yep. anyway themselves. So. Um, but you know, we'll see if they can stand up to Nebraska and and Minnesota and Indiana back to back to back. You know, that's that could be tough. Nothing of West Coast road trips. I don't know. Does Ohio State? Uh, who do they got next year? Take a look. See USC. Uh, it will be cool to see USC Ohio State like semi regularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, you look that up, yeah, Jason. Let's move to the Peach Bowl. Lane and the boys really did it to him. They did. Ooh, Impre- like impressive. I was very before we impressed. go. Before we go too far, Ohio State goes to Oregon this this season, Sweet. so that'll be very fun. Continue. They played, they played Oregon early in the year a couple years ago, I think. They had like a home and home situation. They had like one of those like strange, yeah, the, the one offs or the the back and forth. Yeah, Anyways, I was really right, Beach Bowl. Jordan on the podcast last week. We talked to that. I mentioned that there's some potential for some Lane Kiffin shenanigan, like has been just diddle farting around and not practicing and stuff. And uh, they looked sharp. They looked really good, but don't know what to say. Jackson Dart looks awesome usually and played awesome. So, yeah, I think it was a combination of some, like we mentioned, you know, Penn state without their defensive coordinator for this game, who is now the big whistle at Duke. Um, yes, our guy coach Dex was calling the defense. Um, not not the best showing there for for our guy, right. but um, I kind of think like Lane was probably like, "Oh, this is a top two defense in the country. Let me Bet. let me yeah. show him some right. things." Right. Um, but I was texting you, Logan, about this. I think the Penn State and Ohio State games were pretty similar in that um, they saw different brands of football especially offensive football than they probably have seen in the big 10 um weren't necessarily well prepared for that um and penn state's offense all year even with their starting quarterback and certainly ohio state's with their third string um and without marvin harrison jr not really built to score quickly or in chunks so when separation was created uh it was, you know, the gap was magnified due to style of play. Yeah. Shortcomings. <clears throat> Mostly shortcomings for Ohio State, I think. I think Ohio State, like, I think this is an, I want to say this is a kind of an enigma year for Ohio State in, in the bad way, an aberration more than this is the norm, I, I think, for them. Because I do think that their offense, like, I think they run a pretty modern spread offense, and I think that they typically have awesome receivers and a good quarterback, and like all those things added together, it usually involve like some sort of a quick strike offense. And if anything, it's always like, can the tough Michigan team take down the finesse, you know, Ohio State team, and um, can they guard the quick, slides? you know? And I think Ohio State should also just going back to Ohio State again, like their defense was so good this year, like really there was the reason yeah. they had the season that they had, and in, in which they only lost one game, um, too. So you know, I think everyone's kind of down on them. Like if they're going to like be playing that one dimensional football and only lose one game, I think that like 
they have significant upside with slightly better quarterback play. Anyhow, um, Ole Miss looked great. It, I, I think I texted you, Jordan, during the game, or maybe both you guys during the game, and was like, uh, super excited for Ole Miss. They look awesome. Can't wait for them to lose by 37 to Alabama next year. Like that, until I see a better showing from a Lane Kiffin team against like one of the big boys, Georgia or Alabama, like during the regular season, it, you know, I, I can't believe it's real. But they looked really good, and they run the ball really well. They're they're running back Quinchon Jud- Judkins entered the transfer portal after this game. Did you know that? I didn't. That's interesting. I am like sort of starting to consider these two teams as. Uh, parallels of each other in in their respective conferences. Mm-hmm. They just do it different ways. Um, Ole Miss offense carries them, uh, but they don't really beat anybody that they're underdogs against. Right. Uh, Penn State does it kind of the opposite way. They're <laughs> defensively minded, um, but they did hire an exciting new offensive coordinator. Yes. Uh, I, f- I forget where from. Kansas. But, um, that's right. So sorry, Kansas. Um, it was, but the time the, the time we had with your fun offense was fun. We we enjoyed it. I was going to say the exact same thing of like the Ole Miss can't get over the Georgia Alabama hump is is essentially the same as the Penn State can't get over the Ohio State Michigan hump, uh, yeah. which is uh, significantly larger than a hump. To be fair, like I get it. It cannot be fun having those two lurking on the schedule every year. But <laughs> well, like, this year they had to plan both. I think Ole Miss had those, to plan those both. Those are the those are the tiers. Like if you want to yep. get to that next tier, you got to knock off one of them sometime and prove you belong in the hand. Yeah, yeah, Michet, Hugh Freeze did it right. So come on, it can be done. <laughs> Can't argue with it. Facts only. <laughs> okay, let's go to the Orange Bowl. This one was exciting and fun for all Georgia twenty-point favorites against Florida State, and. Florida State, I think, forced a uh, like a, a four like a, a fourth down turnover on downs on like the first drive, and people were hooting and hollering, and dudes were crazy, and then and then it was like an absolute was, deluge not, of, of points was, for Georgia. It was so. the last time it was fun. Georgia had a message to send here. This was they yeah. played very. I mean, angry. listen, it brings me no joy. To see Florida State get pummeled like this on national TV, but um, no, I mean it was bad. it was bad. Florida State did not have like a lot of guys, like sixteen starters or something like absurd. So I mean, it was kind of what you expect for the most part. Yeah, we picked it at uh, minus twenty. I think it closed at minus twenty three and a half. So like, yeah, as as guys continued to opt out, that line kept uh, moving. This got so bad that. Uh, Georgia's third string quarterback, one Jackson Muschamp, I yes. believe, got into the right. game. Yeah, uh, planted his foot in the ground, scrambled for a first down. Big Bill was, was cheesing on the side. Triggered, yeah. triggered a, a Bill Muschamp uh, swipe of the finger under the nose, first down, uh, <laughs> which was oh, which man. was truly remarkable. It's, it, I hate I hate how much I loved that. I hate how much I loved seeing that. Bill Muschamp glasses glasses on the end of the nose, yep. doing the the stink softening finger. Logan's cold heart. <laughs> right. Yes. Basically. So, I mean, Georgia looked really good. I think Georgia's the best team in the country. I still do. Um, I, I wonder how many first place votes they get. In that would be hilarious. Georgia. I mean, Florida State should have got all of them if they beat them, according to the Florida State fan base that was ready to send a message. Well, yeah, they beat them minus sixteen starters. They definitely should. Sure. Yeah. I'll I'll 
put in our media vote for first place. That's right. It's the official wheel route a people vote. Oh, that would be tight. But now you lost by 60 points. So, yeah, I mean, the last two bowl games that Georgia has played, they have like just absolutely unloaded a can. Um, One of them was the national championship game. But uh, I mean, listen, Georgia, like very similarly to like Ohio State or Michigan seasons, like they didn't have the most impressive schedule this year. Although I think that Ole Miss win probably looks better now than, you know, than maybe it did when you at the beginning of the year when you're like, oh, their schedules kind of sucks. But they, um, they lost at the absolute wrong time uh, and kind of the situation was that they couldn't afford it based on the undefeated and other teams that were sort of around the top there. So um, again, you know, you hate to see it for Georgia, but they, I think are very good and only going to get better. 673 yards of total offense. Bobo. Had, yeah. Bobo had it going. <laughs> And again, credit to Mike Bobo for evolving with the times because he he calls up some plays um, that would have seemed like witchcraft to him (laughs) 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. But good for him. Um, I think this was one of those, like, you're not going to learn anything meaningful about Florida State. Correct. But it remains so impressive how Kirby Smart gets his dudes ready on the back end of a disappointing to show just absolutely go. Yeah. And yep. yeah, they were, they were locked in. Um, now it helps that they're like quarterback played and their running back played um, and, yep. and are all coming back. And, you know, so, I mean, their odds on got to be the favorite heading into next year. I would think so. I think they are the, the odds I saw the other day. All right, the Fiesta Bowl happened as well. Liberty played Oregon. A beauty of a of a of a drive for Liberty right out of the gates. Had uh, had the Florida message boards of Twitter with Willie Corn praise, and that was the extent of that. Bonix took care of business. The world um, wanted to hear the phrase "scripted drive" so many times during the Fiesta Bowl. It was nice. Correctly. Like, and, and, remember, guys, I said they should have gone back. They should have started the script over from play one. Just run the script flip back, again. Flip it back to the, to the cover page. There's no the way they would get on until, like, maybe, like, you did it two or three times. Yeah, but if you score quick enough, like, this is true. Yeah, there might have been, like, four or five plays at the end of that script that never got used. So they scored too fast. Yeah. Did you guys hear Sark? They were saying that Sark scripts the first 45 That's plays of the game. Preposterous. That's yeah. I mean, I based on even... I think it was like based on down and distance too. So that means it's probably more. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Whatever. No wonder Quinn Ewers has such a like blank look on his face at all time. He's like he's trying to find where he's at in the script. Um, I don't have anything else he's to got say the about Declaration Liberty. of Independence. On <laughs> yeah. his arm. I, I don't have anything else to say about Liberty, Oregon. I mean, good good for Liberty for getting to this bowl game, but I mean, Oregon's really good. They got slaughtered. I mean, what are you gonna say? Yeah. Oregon backdoored their way in with the worst schedule in the country, so I don't feel bad for them at all. They I mean, got I, watched the entirety of that second quarter, and it was beautiful. I don't it was feel just, bad. They were, I wanted to be clear. Don't put it in the paper that I feel bad. Do I, not I did not. Paper, <laughs> um, no, Oregon. I watched the whole second quarter, and Oregon was it was just like running seven on sevens during the summer. It was yeah. uh, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, so shout out to Bo Nix. What a college career. Yeah, I honestly, lived the dream, man. I respect it. Still is rocking like spiky hair, also. Yeah, 
which oh, yeah. is which is wild. So, <clears throat> okay, let's get some playoff games. Let's do it. This was a this was. I would just like to go ahead and say that this was a very long afternoon and evening of football. It the was full into it, the show. but it was worth it. It's, like, it yeah. was in terms of quality of matchups. There was a lot of well, I won't say a lot of scoring in the first one, but like. There were a lot of commercials. There were so many commercials. And like <laughs> we, we say this as idiots who watch professional golf, yeah. which also has a lot of commercials. This was awful. I think it's exacerbated by the fact that it's like the only game on and there's nothing sure. to switch to. Yeah. And you don't want to risk the it. The weird thing is, like, and we've we've ranked about it, but the the heinous touchdown commercial, kickoff commercial play. Yeah. That, so that happens in the NFL. Like every game, like it's all the time, but it doesn't seem as bad in the end. Like NFL games are over in a crisp three hours and change, like they have to be. Yeah. Whereas these games were every bit of four, four and a half. And it's just awful. We had some officiating uh, inflicted delays and like video reviews dragged on longer, A, longer than they needed to, but they also like, oh, yeah, let's throw some commercials on top of these too. And, uh, we're not going to adjust the the pre-planned media timeouts afterwards oh, either because of the brands. Shout out to the brands. Yes, Corporate the spot. brands were the big winners, but the Rose Bowl always looks beautiful. A matchup of Titans, yeah, uh, Michigan, really Alabama. Um, I think my global take on this game was, I think Michigan is better than Alabama. I don't think either team played very good. And Alabama like played not like played bad. Like they did they I, yeah. I didn't I, I thought Jalen Milrow was a liability in this game, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um I think that the the play calling was very disjointed for Alabama and still Alabama had a, a play at the end of the game like to to go in and, and like push it through into overtime. Came in, within overtime. two tumbles of the football of winning this game. Yes, yeah. Came came within uh, on a muff punt within two tumbles of the football, like needed, it could have got, was welcome to get a stop on fourth and four or fourth and three, whatever there, um, where they gave up a big play. Uh, Michigan was like extremely timely uh, in when they, yeah. they like, it was kind of a, I guess you could call it a clutch performance. If you like to use, you know, woo woo terms like that. I, it seemed like when Michigan needed a big play, they got it. Alabama didn't really. And Alabama made consistent mistakes, snapping the football, which was weird. And their defense, like, Whoever the linebacker number thirty-two is on Alabama, like, looks awesome. That dude had a bad day. Like, he yeah. he did a really good job of pointing out where the crossers were that were wide open. All right, like, so I don't know if that it was. Right in if, front of his I don't know if it was his job right or not. There. He didn't. He didn't look fast. And yeah. So anyhow, I think that's that's sort of my I guess global takeaway. Good for Michigan. Um, but I, I I have some questions about Michigan not being able to put away Alabama playing that bad. Yeah. So for me, like. Uh, Harbaugh was quoted as saying heading into this game, like this could be a blowout, either team winning. Yeah, and I completely understand where he's coming from. Sure. Um, I think the two big keys for Michigan were in that first quarter, um, the interception that turned out not to be on McCarthy's first pass. Um, by by the heel of the guy's cleat, you know, tickling some white on the sideline. 
Um, right. That gets overturned. And even though they don't score on that drive, like, he doesn't have to play the entire game afterwards with this feeling of, like, oh, gosh, the one, the one pass attempt I did, had, I just gave the ball to Alabama, and they're already in field goal range. Um, Alabama goes and scores a touchdown as a result of good field position off of a muffed punt. Um, but Michigan then turned right back around and answered it with a touchdown drive of their own. Mm -hmm. So, like, that drive got them right back onto – Okay, yeah, you guys aren't running away, and we're we're staying in touch with you. Um, I thought Michigan got too cute with the offensive play calling in the second and third quarters, uh, where it seems like they want McCarthy to have better stats or like better performance because he's the quarterback and like he doesn't get the <laughs> because respect. he's the quarterback. No, I, I think you're right. Sense? Yes. Like, um, and I, I think it was to their detriment. Like, they could have been up much more comfortably um, before Alabama kind of figured some stuff out at halftime. But they abandoned the run. They brought in the second-string quarterback a couple of times at what seemed like the worst possible moments of, like, okay, we're going to throw off the rhythm again. Some Billy, there was and, some Billy Napier in that in, – in in that recipe uh, – weird trick play kind of like kill the momentum or like bring in yeah bring in the the quarterback like the, the gadget quarterback for the very obvious gadget play it's like come on what are we doing yeah this was not this was not fun to watch from an offensive creativity standpoint um no and like a lot of things and like you know that's always like the laziest take ever for people like after the game to be like ah, they didn't call the right plays it's like okay well that's nice to say yeah. that but like while the plays were developing you could see like why they're, they're running straight at that guy and, and now they're tackled. Like, they, it was just not – at no point was it like, this might have worked, but it just barely didn't, so I understand why they did it. It was just thoroughly yeah, – like and, – and listen, I get Michigan's got a great front four and they got a great rush. Alabama's offensive line looked like trash, um, just did not make any adjustments to people sprinting. Which was really weird because – there at the yeah. end of the season, we thought they had figured some right. stuff out. Yeah, it yeah. looked fine for like a couple weeks there. And like the snapping issues killed them too. Like, I mean, that, that was, was thrown off the rhythm the whole time. And Saban then you kind of wonder. Like, Saban said that after the game, they, they asked him about it and he said that he's like, there was nobody snapping, but our center was hearing something that he like apparently the snaps were early. But like I think they might have been early, but also they were just not on target either. Like, yeah. I don't care when you snap it. If it's I mean, going if they're, if they're rolling on the grass, they're not. Right. It's not a good snap if it's and early so or not. It's not a timing problem. That that set him back. But like, there were multiple times when like, and what like they were getting pressure with four and occasionally five, and it yeah. was not not advanced stunts. It was just regular stunts, and Alabama was getting thrown off, and all of a sudden, like, you know, they they'd overload one tackle, and they'd show the slow motion replay, and the two. Like the end of the linebacker would come in unblocked because the tackle didn't make a decision, and then you'd look over and the center and the guard were both just like looking upfield, like waiting for a non-existent linebacker on a blitz. And it was just like, man, you guys. Yeah, like, I think I, that's I, yeah. Murrow did not look good, but he also like, dude, that, it felt like that uh, that Super Bowl with Mahomes. Like he he was just running for his life all the time, and like that sucks. Yeah. And especially like to get hammered <clears throat> like he did in the first twenty minutes, I. I'm sure he heard footsteps the entire second half. I would. I was hearing footsteps. I was sitting on my couch. So, 
Um, just a thoroughly uninspiring offensive display from both teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I get Alabama's always going to have a great defense, but it's not like Michigan, like they better really hope next week does not turn into a track meet because I have zero confidence in them. Even like Washington's defense is suspect, but I have zero confidence with them lighting up a scoreboard with Michael Penix. That's it. Just it was a very, just a very blah game, and I'm very happy it was in the Rose Bowl so I could at least be distracted by beautiful shots. So, yeah, that's true. I think Michigan, like to their credit, like I I, I think we used to make kind of like fun of Georgia for doing this, and they certainly drag you into playing their game and are totally yeah. comfortable and down to play a low-scoring close game. And that, like, credit to them for being willing to do that, right? Like, I, yeah. you know, I think that it certainly is a skill and that is something that they want to be able to do. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just interesting that both these teams seemed so kind of like, like, there was a, a solid stretch of the, second and third quarter that was just field position pillow fight kind of game like you know mm-hmm. not really a whole lot happening so there yeah there was a lot of uh self-inflicted issues yes and and it was more it seemed more so self-inflicted on both sides than it was like oh this one team's unit is playing that dominantly right that they just can't be handled all right i will say uh Credit to Michigan secondary, too, because the couple of times that uh, Milrow did have time to set up the deep ball, you know, the one that he throws out of frame northwards. That's it. The camera, traditionally this season, has swiped right or left to see a wide open, uh, you know, Bond or Burton. Um, They were were covered up. Always covered, yep all of those opportunities yep. so the safeties got, got seemed, yeah, the safeties for michigan seemed like very down to be like out there breaking it up too which was sometimes safe safeties like they're not corners right they like to come up and make yeah. tackles and they get a little uh you know starry-eyed when things start happening one-on-one downfield that wasn't the case so i mean michigan's defense is excellent and i think that their defensive game plan was really good also so yep. i mean they, they deserve credit for that and um, you know, that guy probably gets paid a lot and probably will continue to get paid a lot. So shall we move to the sugar bowl? Let's do we it. Shall. Tech, sugar we shall. Texas four point favorites taking on Washington. Um This game was awesome. It was a fun game. I mean, uh I I think we have like one of the best like quarterback performances I can recall seeing in a uh in a bowl game michael Penix slinging it i mean seemed could not have been more dialed in um and yeah washington kind of like came so close to running away and hiding in this game um they yeah, they, they simultaneously like within the span of half an hour nearly blew texas out of the water yes. and then nearly like actually the lost the game, the game in in yeah. regulation yes full stop yeah. lost the game yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. so it was truly incredible um but i mean credit to washington for doing what they do their offensive line held up awesome against a really just good enough. texas defensive front just enough yeah, just enough and, and like that i think that was the startling thing. and like uh listeners to the podcast you might have heard michael Penix's name uh prior to tonight um yeah just as part of this podcast uh so we've been out here but uh i don't think i had seen him hipsters 
I don't think I had seen him make the throws that he did while eluding people in quite the same way. Like I, he had to move around in the pocket a lot in Pac-12 yeah. games, but there were Texas blitzers like just full speed at him that he would have to like duck under and then set up and put a ball on a rope 30 yards downfield that was yeah. genuinely wonderful to watch. He had like all the different all the different throws on display in this game too. Like there was the absolute laser beam beat both of the DBs to the receiver. Touchdown touchdown was ridiculous. So cool. And then there's I mean he puts so he throws that sort of like high like over the shoulder catch. And the receivers are awesome too. Like we got to say it it has to. It weren't saying that Washington has like three (laughs) best receivers in the country, but. Uh, the ball's still going to get there. And, and they still yeah. go downfield, though. I mean, this is not, yeah. you know, uh, this is not, uh, not dunk, uh, yeah. a bunch of tunnel screens and, like, an occasional like indiscriminate deep shot. Uh, this is, like, what they want to do on offense, which is why I think it's a fascinating matchup against Michigan um, mm-hmm. you know, because Michigan has an offensive, like, a great defensive line. and um, But I don't know that they, like, have, like, a seriously disruptive defense. And, uh, I mean, if Penix gets time, like, I think – some someone's good, should be open. There's three of them, right? They're they're all really good. So, yeah, I I don't know really what to say about Texas. Like, I I want to say that felt a little flat, um, but also like they very much got it together and uh, you know started rolling down the stretch, uh, made it a game. Some kind of dubious play calling right at the very end, I guess, if you wanted to nitpick the the sark thing like i think sark has a propensity at times to get too cute jordan like you were saying michigan did earlier but i think sark definitely has a little bit of that in him and uh maybe rooted said a little bit but seems like ewers maybe got hurt or at least took a knock took picked up a knock on the noggin at some point during this game as well so yeah we got a couple of uh arch manning is warming up on the sideline yeah clips cameras loved him Man, if he had, was if, extra big because yeah. he was home in in New Orleans. If he had come in and they had won the game in New Orleans, man. Oh man, sorry, Quinn. Yeah, in the portal the next day. You know who was in the portal the next day? Who's that? That was the Alabama center. That's right. The very next and day. And I I am interested to see where a where he ends up and b does he continue playing center? If he plays center, yeah, that's the thing. It's like. I mean, you would think he's probably highly recruited. Why wouldn't he just go play guard? Yeah. Why wouldn't he play guard at Alabama? Well, that's a good point, too. And you already know the offense. Unless it's just so awkward in that locker room now. (laughs) (laughs) Jalen Milrow just keeps, can't can't stop whooping his ass occasionally in the locker room. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. So do we want to go to Pickville now? I think that's the only place we can go. One last trip. Final time. This this college season, we we enter the gates of Pickville. Um, we got to eat one, don't we? Join you the week. Oh yeah. So if we want to take a look at New Year's Six records, uh, Jason Logan both went three and three. Mm. I went five and one. Wow. Um, they call him the Portal head, King. Heading into the CFP games, I was four and zero, oh, and I was like kind of hoping I got one of them wrong because I was, I didn't parlay all of my picks this week. So I was like, man, if I would have gone 6-0 and and not at least sprinkled on it, I would be besides myself. You have the weeks to do that. Yeah. So, I'll bet. Well, I still paid the price because my money line 
futures. Anyhow, that's besides the point. We are in Pickville. We are picking the college football national championship game against the spread, which is the Wolverines of Michigan, favored by four and a half. Uh, and as per tradition, Jason Crack gets to lead us off. Feels like we should switch it up for the championship, but I will abide. I did oh, not. it should be noted before we get started. College football is uh, all about tradition. Have- we have a tie at the top of That's the standings right. this year. Jason and I are locked yeah. at one wow. game above 500. You get the ultimate uh, the ultimate decider here, Jason. You know, yeah. you're going to set the tone. Yeah, I have the advantage of either drafting off I was Jason say, to guarantee a tie or... Fading my... Yeah. Um, I already know is, who I'm going to pick. Uh, I... I kind of think you're going to pick, and I—I I don't know. I have no idea how I feel about it. I—I am uh, going to take the Huskies. I. Um, Aru. It wouldn't. It wouldn't <coughs> shock me if Michigan was finally able to sit on them enough, uh, which not many people have. But if if that offensive line can hold up to Texas, which it sort of did enough, um, and it can hold up to whatever cockamamie stuff Michigan flummoxed Alabama with. I I don't see any way Michigan can keep pace with Washington. Um, Michael Penix is... Uh, it, there's been a lot of talk the last week of like, hey, we awarded the Heisman too early, and like, I, you know, I hate that. Yeah, I, the wheel route I, has said that also. As, as somebody who... Uh, the wheel route would have eaten very nicely on the corporate retreat if Michael Penix Jr. had won the Heisman. Uh, it, I think they gave the husband to the right person. Like he, Jane Daniels just had an incredible season. Like I get it, but like Michael Penix Jr. right now is playing quarterback at a preposterously high level, mm-hmm. um, and I he's got those weapons. Uh, he's got three incredible receivers and a really good tight end. And I don't Michigan covers really well. I don't know if they have the the Jimmys and the Joes to stay with that talent. Um, and so I. In rooting for a track meet because I think a track meet uh, plays into Washington's hands. Um, also, I'm seeing this line is already up to five and a half. I don't know if I've still got it at four and a half. Fair enough. Just wanted to check. Just look, I, I, my only source is ESPN here. So, um, but yeah, I think a track meet, if it happens, is is full go for Washington, and I really hope that happens, both for entertainment value and for my pick. Go Husky boys. Yeah, uh, before I make my pick, I'll also note the over-under here is 56, uh, which would seem to favor uh, a more of a pointsy affair. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also taking Washington, not because Jason took them, but um, I just think they present so much more challenges uh, with their offense than Alabama did with theirs. Um Michigan was able to generate pressure on Jalen Milrow, as we noted, due to offensive line inadequacies for Alabama. It was not exotic pressure. It was four and sometimes five rushers. Um, I don't think they'll have the same rush success rate against this Washington offensive line. Um, And so they're going to have to decide, do we want to bring more and – heat panics up or are we content with playing coverage i think the longer you wait um 
the, the plays are going to get somebody open. Um, and I also think, like, yes, Penix is playing incredibly. Uh, I don't know that he can repeat the Texas performance. I don't think he'll need to necessarily, though, because um, I think Penix has, like, all of the throws at all of the levels of the ladder. Uh, he's got the short and the inter- intermediate and the deep <coughs> stuff. Right. One of my criticisms about Milrow all year pretty much has been he seems to lack the touch slash layering needed for the intermediate pass game. Um, and so I think having that as a viable weapon is going to complicate things for Michigan's defense as well. Um, I think Michigan is going to be able to run the ball really well against Washington's defense, but I do not have conviction in their ability to stick with it and not get too cute again. Cause I think they just like, I think they like JJ McCarthy too much <laughs> to run the ball. We love JJ. And a half. Yeah. So I think like they want to give him chances to get good highlights as silly as that sounds. Um, I think if they forced the run 90% of the time, they could win this game um, and win it comfortably but I'm going to take Washington to cover four and a half. Yeah. Mm, a lot of compelling arguments all around. I don't know that I want to tempt fate and put the consensus on the, on, on the, what a yeah, way to close season, the year. on the sweet Husky boys, but you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I think yeah. I, 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 it's, I, I think for many of the reasons you guys have stated, namely like Washington can do it in a lot of different ways. Uh, a little bit of, I guess a little troublesome their running back is probably going to be coming into this dinged up. He is an important part of their offense, <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, Michigan's missing good offensive linemen and stuff too. Everybody's hurt, right? That's part of, that's part of the deal. But I think Washington being nominally healthy uh, and this being like a normal game week, like I do think that gives Washington a little bit of an advantage uh, because of like the stress that their offense can put on the Michigan defense, um, and yeah, I, I I I think you're. It's a very good point you make, Jordan, about like you know if Michigan just really wanted to commit to just slugfest football and do that, they probably could. Like if they rolled out the second half of the Penn State. Game yeah, or even like, games. didn't they run it like 29 straight times against Ohio State too, or something weird like that? Or is that the Penn State game? That was Penn State. Oh, okay. Penn State. Yeah. So. so the one pass attempt drew a defense holding or pass interference, <laughs> so it didn't count. Yes. J- shout out to JJ. So, yeah, I mean, and I just like I haven't been that impressed. And, and Washington's defense is not awesome, but they've been, they have been like the most extreme bend and not break unit um, in in a while. And they, you know, Michigan very well could break them but again like the way michigan takes advantage of you on offense is like they they run it and then they set up the kind of crossers and they just sort of plod their way down the field um you know i think athletic washington secondary can you know stay with michigan they don't michigan doesn't have any skill players that really scare you on the outside um they have a pretty good tight end but i don't know i mean michigan's also like damn near a five point favorite in this game so i'm it sounds interesting that we're all just like really into Washington taking advantage here, but I think I like the coaching matchup and I, I like Washington to give problems. Um, and I think like you could also just do the simplistic thing of like the best player on the field is 
plays for Washington. And and yep. he's the quarterback. Yeah. Which is doubly every which is doubly doubly helpful for Washington. So Spencer uh, yeah. Spencer Hall described Washington's defense as a defense that is going to make exactly four impact plays per game, and you have no idea when they'll be, but they're going to happen. Sure. I, I'd also like to point out that some of the games in which uh, Mr. Penix didn't look great at the end of the season uh, were in less than ideal conditions. Sure. Uh, you know, in Oregon State in late November in driving rain, um, he looked awesome in the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl. And the national title game is being played in NRG Stadium in Texas, which has a retractable roof. So no elements to worry about here. Sure. He's, he's got another opportunity to just throw absolute piss missiles <laughs> all over in a, a dome. In a humid climate where evidently he was made to thrive. That's right. Uh, he's rocketing up draft boards as well. Uh, Michael Penix was like considered to be like a third third round pick at the beginning of this year and now like people have him as like QB like three. It's QB three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Depending how on old is he? he's gotta be like twenty three by now, right? I probably there has been a consuming amount of left handed discrimination and I will not stand for this. Yeah, did That's you guys see the video offensive. where somebody flipped it around yeah. and they're yeah. like Michael Panix is a righty will totally change That's weird. That 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 delivery is a lot. It's very weird, but I didn't love I didn't um, love the motion as a righty, but he uh, he is twenty three. He was born in the year two thousand. He's got to be the same age as Jaden Daniels, though, right? Um, I, thought, I feel like Jaden Daniels yeah. has been around for a while. Jaden Daniels might be twenty two, but Jaden Daniels like, younger, played at okay. two or. I'm gonna guess twenty one or twenty two. I don't know. He's he's only six months younger than Penix, so he's yeah, probably well, a year behind him. But he's just same age. They're both twenty three. Yeah, I mean, they both kind of made some stops, had like full runs at other places. I can't believe that Penix played. Daniels wasn't Arizona State Sun Devil once upon a time. Yeah. And he was also a bad LSU guy, like last, not bad, but like not awesome LSU. Like, I don't I don't know what happens at LSU. They get these transfer quarterbacks that come in and are like just like fart around for a year and then just win the Heisman trophy the, the following year. Like how yeah. does this how do they how do they get to do this? You know? Unbelievable. Who, maybe they get on who was the Florida quarterback who got suspended for Oh God, Will Greer. Will Greer. It was Will Greer. They, they get on the big Bill Greer performance improvement plan. That's probably it. He's on They the, need to start testing. He's on the SARMs. You got to get on the arms like the big Bill Greer, who's probably still out here on some poor NFL team. I hope he pops up in that new uh, United Football League spring. Ball. Yeah, the the merger, right? See that? They united the uh, yeah. It's like the XFL, XFL and the XFL. And, yeah. I see a report Man. that says Patriots Golf can take some notes. I, I just wanted yeah. to see what Will Greer is up to, and it looks like. The Patriots, there was a report. Patriots never seriously considered Will Greer starting at quarterback. <laughs> Apparently, they went back on their word. Yeah, he's a Pat. Yeah. The Patriots have mismanaged yes. things this year. Just I mean, strange. what a three headed monster quarterback the Patriots had. Will Greer, Bailey Zappi, and Mac Jones. I mean, come <laughs> on. Anyhow. All right. We're, so uh, we're all on Washington. Let's, let's we're feeling really good about that. Yeah, while we're in the pick, we were. Let's all place bets. Where where does Bill Belichick end up next year? 
Uh, Alabama defensive coordinator. Oh my God! <laughs> just him and Grantham in the booth together, just chewing seeds. Jeez, that would be a nightmare. Just a um, lot of unhappiness in one booth. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll stay in the NFL. I just don't know where. He's going to be open. There's a decent chance he's in Washington. That'd be funny. Yeah. So he was. There were some rumblings on TV today that Washington, the the new Washington owner, is enamored with the idea of Bill Belichick. Shocker. I'm sure that'll work out well for the new Washington owner, Josh. He'll he'll get to give some weird handshakes to Joe Buck again. Did you guys see that video? The video was unreal. Uh, <laughs> so in theory, Washington should be open. Uh, Las Vegas, we don't know. The Chargers is already open, right? Chargers are open. And a lot. There's a lot of Jim Harbaugh smoke with the Chargers. Yeah, I thought this. the Chargers might want Belichick, but the whole thing with him is he apparently is going to want total control of football operations, yeah. which I kind of feel like Harbaugh would probably want to, yeah. given his personality. Nope. But I don't know. I've been wrong before. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to think. You, it's just you think you know a guy. Are the right? are the are the Eagles going to be open? Is Sirianni going to get iced? Potentially. Because that would be interesting. He probably should be. The way he mismanaged the second third of the season. Second yeah. half of the season, really. Second half, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I can't imagine him in, like, Vegas, but that would be hilarious if Bill Belichick was the Vegas coach. There he is. Um, yeah. Tampa Bay Carolina looked like a fun one today, 9-0. to zero. Yeah. Mercy. I saw there was the worst rule in football uh, reared its ugly head, too, on a Good. touchdown from uh, Bryce Young. Had a tough one this year, huh? Did I did I send you the clip from uh, Chris Long's podcast where he and his brother discussed that? I don't think so. I'll send it to you guys. Is it delightful? Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I do love it. I, I won't be able to do justice to it trying to explain it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, did you guys see? Oh, oh, Atlanta is Atlanta going to come open? Arthur Smith, come on! Oh yeah, yeah. Also, he he, got, he mad, big mad. He got did real you mad. This? Yes, I did. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Jameis oh, called oh, that play on his own. And yeah, apparently the, the player, he, which, like, is the, the best, which is the best, which is the best thing of all time. The fact that it was Jameis, like, you should have been mad. It was like, yeah, you suck. That's tremendous. I, I love. I, I I can't get enough Jameis Winston in the NFL. I, anytime there is like one of those like supercuts of Jameis Winston highlights and Jameis Winston like um, interview like clips, I I watch it every time. And that is something that will get me every time when he's doing that one thing where he's like, "My coach used to tell me, uh, man, what did he used to tell me?" <laughs> it's the funniest thing. It gets me every time. I, I love it. I was thinking when he when it came out that he called that. Has there ever been a bigger, like, because James is not a star. Like, it's not like like Randy Moss did whatever he wanted to and and didn't right. give an F. But like Randy Moss, Hall of Famer. Um, like, and like James is a screw-up. Like he's not getting trouble all the time. He's not doing this stuff. Like, Anymore. has there ever been somebody who just kind of like posts along the middle with more like not given F? in league history like he just clearly doesn't care about what any like he's just like oh, I'm just I don't even man. think it's like, like that he doesn't care he's that he, cornerback he's that, like that was D-bag uh Cortland Finnegan oh yeah, yeah. He, he just used to always start fights that was, was kind of a similar like was he that uh, Megatron beat the hell out of 
Uh, I think it was no, Andre, Andre Johnson. Johnson. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Oh, Andre Johnson. Yes, yes. Shout out to Andre Johnson. Shout out to Andre. Always shout out to Andre Johnson. And, and Megatron, to be fair. Both Johnsons. Yeah. There was when Jameis when when the coach is giving the speech and says, "Look, look, look at the man next to you," and he like oh, yeah. <laughs> just like like grilling the dude next to him. So just, <laughs> this is the best oh, man. I've come he all is. the way around, don't Jameis. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Sorry, Leighton cough. Still hanging on. Um, okay, so yeah. I think I think we chopped it we up. Got enough, one game so left. We got one game left. It is tomorrow night. God Shouts, knows out. Little... Shouts out to the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Um, won the FCS oh, title today. They did it. I saw, I saw Montana Grizzlies. White receiver doing the too little um thing like on a dude's mm-hmm. head during the game, which was an aggressive an aggressive amount of. Listen, you earn cash. it. You you do it. I it's fun. I think that's that might be my favorite celebration. Is the too little one. The too small. As, as a short like, king, that one hits a little close to home. I but I you know like it's, it, I think it's like. And it's 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 so simple and so direct and to the point, and it, it's usually done when there's literally no rebuttal. And yeah, I no, just, that's a good it, point. Yeah, it checks all the boxes for me. I'm a big fan. It is one of the more like dead end taunts, yeah. And that there's there's very little, if any, like you said, Jason, retort. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm big. No, no, I'm, I'm actually tall. It's tall enough. <laughs> I just I just can't make the play. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up. Next week, we will be back. We'll recap the national championship game, and we'll probably talk about some goals that we have for this upcoming year. That's a time to answer yeah, for our hopes from last year and yeah. remind ourselves that hope springs eternal for this year. Am I right? That's right. It's beautiful. All right. Always. Thank you for joining us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. We're on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. Send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Go to the website, thewheelroute.com. You can stream the show from there. You can check the pick spreadsheet from there and find out if Jason and Jordan have been cheating all year or not. Or at least check the math. And then uh, you can stream the show, as I mentioned, from there. Until we meet again, we love you guys. Great to see you. Great to hear from you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.